0: welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension, I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Back. And thank you for listening. David, Yes. how you doing?
1: I'll tell you how I'm doing. I've got Star Wars on the mind. Okay. I still haven't seen Solo, by the way, as of, as of this recording. All right. But I... Um,
0: you and a number of other people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but my wife's going out of town this weekend, and so I think I'll see it because she uh, could not care less. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, she liked The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and I think she liked Force Awakens more than I did. Uh she didn't see Rogue One but yeah she has no interest in Solo. She's going out of town. I live I have movie pass and live a walking distance to a theater yeah. that's showing it. I think I'm going to remedy that this weekend. But um here's what I was thinking about in terms of Star Wars today. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Uh not counting Solo because it's not out uh on, you know, home viewing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh someone went through all of the Star Wars releases um and clocked Female screen time. Okay, and so I think the results, the top three being Last Jedi, Force Awakens, and Rogue One, are well, not yeah, that, surprising. Yeah. Um, what I did find surprising is that A New Hope is at the very bottom. Um, I
0: and, guess that makes sense because Leia needs to be rescued for a right. while.
1: But what's interesting is that the original trilogy. Each of the three movies has an increasing number of female screen time. Mm -hmm. The prequel trilogy, even though Amidala, uh, you know, arguably becomes a more important character as they go on her screen time and other female screen time depletes over the movie. She's like mostly bedridden in the third one.
0: She becomes more important, but she becomes less active. Right. Um, and it becomes more Anakin's response to her. And then he goes and does stuff um so yeah whereas whereas yeah leia becomes more active as you go along um not to imply she's not active in the first film right um it's one of the things that i it's interesting in a, a lot of what we're going to be talking today is star wars based or at least at first yeah with. Um, yeah uh <laughs> get us some clicks <laughs> that's probably <laughs> true <laughs> we
1: gotta, gotta leave with this star <clears throat> wars thing
0: um, people seem to like it what star wars stuff yeah.
1: except for solo
0: yeah, I guess so. But life, I, I don't track box office that well. Like, Solo not a flop, right? It isn't. But I mean, it's in Star Wars terms, it is. OK. Um, and yeah. And I did write an article about like, yeah, p- people keep I've read a number of articles in which people say it's because of this. It's because of this. Like, no, you're all right. Yeah. it. There are yeah. so many components to why that movie did not do well. I don't think you can. As much as people would like you to, I don't think you can actually trace it to any one okay. thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I read your, your 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 article and I liked it. I'd been going with the because I guess I guess people just react. They point to the thing that most re- reflects their personal feelings. Yes, for me, it's the fact that it's been less than six months since we've had a Star Wars movie, right? And it doesn't seem like an event.
0: And while and I do actually address that argument, um, but I don't address it as fully as I could have because some people put that to the side and say like well yeah but there's only 2 months between Black Panther and Infinity War it's like that that is different though yeah, marvel was- you can't compare marvel films yeah because ant-man and doctor strange are very different they're all in the same universe and they're all part of something larger so a person so they are connected but you don't get more different, you know. Black and also, Panther and Thor are are very different. Marvel you know?
1: has conditioned Marvel fans to expect movies in quick succession. In yeah. Star Wars, it's kind of the opposite. If you go all the way back to the beginning, there was three years between them. It was three years, and then there three was years, 20 years, yeah, or however no, it wasn't. It wasn't twenty. How long was it? S- 17?
0: 17. or sixteen? Uh, sixteen. Thank you.
1: Okay, yeah, sixteen years, uh, and then however long. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Um, uh, yeah, the, the 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 feeling we associate with the new Star Wars movie, which is that it's an event, mm-hmm. didn't have time to happen. Because I mean,
0: think about it, like I think if they if they had released this, I think that's the big thing. If they had released this in November, first off, it wouldn't have to be competing with Deadpool and Infinity War, mm-hmm. and still Black Panther. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, and Rbg, obviously, <laughs> um, but. Uh, Yeah, if they if they had released it in November or December, like they usually do, I think it'd be doing way better. Um Um, I don't know how we got started on that. I think I was talking
1: about Star Wars, it's all gonna be Star
0: Wars. I was starting to make some kind of apology and now I don't remember what I was gonna apologize for.
1: Um Oh, okay. Uh, let me know if you think. But okay. anyway, so the conversation we had about the I, I, the, the woman's name is uh, uh, Becca, Becca Harrison. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. I love these kind of factoids in the conversations that they cause. Um, but I often, like, and I don't think this is what, I don't think Becca Harrison is saying, or, or any of these other people are saying, this is the ranking of movies by female screen time and then therefore this is the ranking of quality you know what I mean yes like and and I don't think that's what she's saying but I I sometimes worry that because I am fascinated by things like the Bechdel test and I value when movies pass the Bechdel test and, and it's something my wife and I talk about after pretty much every movie we see like did that did that or did that not pass the Bechdel test but I think things like this and like the Bechdel test are much more useful when they're taking, uh, when, when, you're talking about a wide swath of movies, sure. you know, like of the, if, if you say, you know, of the studio movies released in this calendar year, only this much screen time right. or only this many past the Bechdel test, that's, that's addressing what might be an issue and is worth talking about. But when you're talking about it in terms of an individual movie, like, like I said, new hope is the last one on the list. Like no one would put new hope is the worst right. Star Wars movie. So I guess, I don't know. I could be, I feel like maybe I'm addressing a straw man here, but I, I just worry about, I, 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 a movie can have an all male cast or an all female cast <laughs> and, uh, and still be a good movie. Well, and this, it could be indicative of a larger problem, but on an individual basis, it doesn't mean the movie's bad.
0: Yeah, and honestly, uh good for you for saying that because there are people that don't. And when I was researching my Politico article uh-huh. about people who on either side approach movies first through their politics, and of course you can't divorce yourself from your politics, but when people say that like, you know, Dunkirk has a problem because it's all it's it's mostly it just focuses on men and it's like, look, I get it. Of course war affects everybody and women did have a part to play. But at the same time, th- I don't think that's a flaw. Like whenever if somebody thinks that a, what, whenever somebody thinks a movie should be this thing that tends to reflect what they think life should be. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I start to f- and and then they say that a movie's bad because it doesn't. That's when I start to get frustrated. Right. Um,
1: I disagree with those people, but I also
0: think they have a right to their opinion. They have a right to their that. opinion. I think their opinion's dumb. <laughs> like I have a re- I have a right to my opinion about their opinion. As it turns out, right. Um, and,
1: and like look- how most of your opinions on food are <clears throat> dumb and wrong, right? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're you're as. Uh, inexperienced with food (laughs) just the average movie. I try
0: everything once except like seafood. I've had enough seafood to know that I'm not going to like the other seafood. Hmm. Like I have not had calamari. Nothing about calamari suggests I'm going to like it.
1: Yeah. I love calamari, but I'm like, that's not something I, there's plenty of foods that I eat and I'm like, I wish Tyler would eat this sort of thing. I'm not going to try to get you to
0: (laughs) calamari. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, but I do love (laughs) calamari. But um, anyway, so so yeah. But no, I think I think that's that's a great point. And when it comes right down to it, like yeah, there there are way more female characters in uh, these new Star Wars movies. None of them hold a candle to Leia. None of them, like Rey, characters. Rey, yeah, Ray is okay, but from a like from a an intelligence standpoint, a strength standpoint. Uh, as yeah, I, I, I honestly think a performance standpoint um, yeah I guess you're probably right um,
1: But I do, I do like Ray, and I think
0: I do too I, I like Daisy Ridley she's very watchable yeah
1: and I think there's more in Last Jedi than what there was in Force Awakens so maybe we're maybe the character will continue to, yeah. to grow
0: yeah where I do uh, think like when we see Leia I mean she's fully formed like she is standing up to Darth Vader. that's the first time we see her yeah I I guess we see her hiding plans and getting stunned and we think like, okay, she's just going to be a damsel in distress. No. Yeah. She, she basically says like, like, Oh, uh, she's talking to grandma Tarkin and says, Oh, you're the one holding Vader's leash. She says that when Vader's in the room, Mm -hmm. you know, she's basically saying you're his pet. You asshole. And she never backs down. She kills Jabba the Hutt. Like, yeah, she's a badass. She's a great character, uh, played wonderfully as well. And so that to me, like you said, like quantity is important. Representation is important. But if you've got one... I'd rather have one super awesome... And I don't like to think in these terms. Yeah, but it would not have to have, be an either or. Right. Yeah. I'd, but if it has to be... An, if it is an either or, I'd rather have one character who like the franchise belongs just as much to Leia as it does to Luke and Han, you know, yeah. like it's a three-hander. I'd say, Yeah,
1: that reminds me of, um, cause like I said, my wife and I always talk about the Bechdel test, Scott Pilgrim, which is a movie I love. <laughs> the only reason, as far as I can tell, the only reason Scott Pilgrim passes the Bechdel test is because Aubrey Plaza asks Brie Larson where she bought her jeans. <laughs> it's not exactly like <laughs> Do you think uh, they did it in- solely for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I think that is literally the only line in the movie that is spoken from one woman to another that isn't about Scott or another right. guy. Um, so anyway, I think these things cause great conversations. I don't I think remember we had one,
0: Brie Larson in the film.
1: Uh, she's Scott's ex who's leads the, uh, uh, the, the band that they go to see. What's her name? Um, and no, I can't remember the name of the stupid band.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a stupid band. Uh, uh yeah, I don't remember. I'll have to
1: draw a blank on the name of this stupid band.
0: Yeah, I, It's interesting. Brie Larson, I think, is a marvelous actress and somebody that I've come to really appreciate. But people were aware of her a lot earlier than I was. Um, Yeah. And so. And she's been around a lot longer than I think, like Scott Pilgrim was eight years ago. She's been around for at least eight years. Um, And so whereas I think she didn't really get on my my radar until probably honestly room Uh, I knew that she had been on an episode of community and was in other things she was in short term 12 right Um, yes which I didn't see
1: (coughs) I'm the only one in the world who didn't like it apparently yeah Um, Ah, I just thought of it I did okay you saw me looking at my phone but I didn't look at I was gonna look up the name of the band from Scott Pilgrim okay and then it started to get to me come to me so I put my phone away I remember it now. Mm -hmm.
0: It's the clash at demon head, the clash. That's yes. yes. Okay. Well done. Well done.
1: Um, okay. So,
0: Let's uh, pay some bills. Oh, yes. Okay. I forgot all about that. Okay. <laughs> so um, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi. I was very excited when I saw this, because it gives me the opportunity to talk about it, and I will take that any day of the week. Week. Alexander McKendrick's The Lady Killers from 1955. Have you seen it? I've never
1: seen it. I've never seen any Lady Killers movies. Okay. I've seen "Ladybugs" starring Ronnie Dangerfield, uh, Jack A, and... Uh, Jonathan Brandis? Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, movies. it's
0: basically the same.
1: Okay. Um, I got a lot of balls. <laughs> is that is Al Guinness say I got a lot of balls in Lady Killers? Several
0: times. <laughs> um... <laughs> I got a lot of balls. And he says it just like that. It's really interesting. He says
1: like, it's like one thing I know, I got a lot of balls.
0: (laughs) On one hand, so stupid. On another hand, I love Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. And (laughs) it always fascinates me that like, I forget that like, oh yeah, he acted, (laughs) but he didn't really. He plays what can only be referred to as the Rodney Dangerfield role. Although in Natural Born Killers, I think he, right. Yeah. He's a version of he's like a dark version of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the lady killers is a delightful Ealing comedy. Yeah. Sorry. The, the ice cream guy. Sorry. The Sunday guy is here. It's literally, they serve Sundays out of this truck. One of these days I'm going to get one and then I'll have a good association with this torturous sound. It is quite tasty. Yes. You can go, you know what? While I'm talking about, (laughs) uh, the lady killers, you can go get it. um, So, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, I I guess that's like Kind Hearts and Coronets and um, the Lavender Hill Mob and to a lesser extent, like the man in the white suit, like, uh, I don't remember what company uh, released these, but there are a number of like uh, films that were released, uh, that were made by Ealing Studios starring Alec Guinness and they all are very dark. Um, and yet so delightful and his performance in the lady killers is very delightful. Um, but there's a lot of death in this movie and a lot of people just actively and excitedly killing each other. Um, and it's not very gory or anything. Um, but it is, it is very droll and, uh, Peter, uh, a young Peter Sellers is in it. Herbert Lom, uh, is in it and it's just, uh, all around, it's a delightful film and it was directed by Alex, uh, Alexander McKendrick. Do you know who that is? No. The writer of sweet smell of success. Oh, like, I don't think it occurred to me that it was the same guy, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, a marvelous film and I highly recommend it. And, i saw it because the I, i'd seen the coen brothers film which is not that good but has its moments and clearly tom H- the best part of it is tom hanks and he clearly he's not necessarily modeling his performance on Alleghenys but he's clearly inspired by it which is i'm just gonna go completely over the top and assume everyone will will meet me there um but anyway okay so uh lady killers is just one of 30 films that are available on movie right now and there's a special offer for listeners of battleship pretension you can try movie free for a month just go to movie.com that's m-u-b-i.com slash battleship to redeem now or you can go to BattleshipPretension.com and click on the ad on the left hand side of the page
1: and i want to tell you about tweaked uh which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors uh they look great they sound great tyler i use them each and each and every day of our lives um now i'm sure you know what i've been listening to this week i've been listening to drake and push a t go at each other it's been so much fun and maybe crossing a line but it's been so much fun i don't
0: know who that second person is
1: uh push a t is a rapper he's from the rap group clips now he's on his own uh he has a new album out produced by kanye west um quick backstory so a couple of years ago on a track drake made some so somewhat veiled reference to push T, sort of overselling his past as a drug dealer okay and it's like uh you were you know uh um you weren't you weren't as big as you're saying you, you were you know you're overblowing this for credibility or whatever and it went mostly unaddressed. and then on this new album there was a a new Pusha T album. Pusha T referenced Drake using a ghostwriter on occasion, which is the same thing that Drake beefed, beefed with Meek Mill about uh, a year or two ago. And so Drake then came back and dropped a a, a, a diss track, mm-hmm. specifically uh, doubling down on the "you're a fake" former drug dealer, and also. I've done ghostwriting for your producer, Kanye West. Um, so who are you to call me out on it? And then, and it was, that was really good. I was like, man, because with the Meek Mill thing, like Drake clearly won that thing. And then Drake puts out this track and I was like, man, he's like good at this stuff. And then Pusha T fucking like drops napalm <laughs> on, on him by, with this track saying you, Uh, fathered a son that you are not accepting. (laughs) You fathered a son by a porn star that you won't uh, admit is your son because you're not man enough, and you think there's something shameful about her her being a porn star. You need to accept both of them into your life and take care of both of them. (laughs) And it was like, that's fucking personal, but also I'm kind of on his side. But then Pusha T went and made fun of Drake's producer for having multiple sclerosis, which I think is like A. 40 uh, is not in this and B yeah. you can't make fun of a person for that's, 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 that's the only line as much as personal as all the other shit got. Yeah. Um, cause Drake also specifically mentioned Pusha T's fiance uh, as, as personal as it all got. It's all, it was all like real. And to me it was uh fair play. The only thing that wasn't was Pusha T making fun of sure 40 for
0: having multiple sclerosis. Cause that's just,
1: that's just fucked up. Yeah. Um, Anyway,
0: uh, I imagine, you know, he was listening and being like,
1: "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> um uh well, what's funny is Pusha T's track came out coincidentally on uh World MS Awareness Day. <laughs> and so uh 40 tweeted about it and like the MS Fund or whatever, you know, some organization like tweeted about it and then weirdly like, I mean, no one's happy that Pusha T did this, but it'd like there's, I think more
0: people are aware that it was yeah. MS World, World MS Day this, this week do you think because he was, of Pusha T. Do you think it's like the end of The Dark Knight where he's like, I'll be the villain <laughs> so that people are aware of this larger sure, thing? that's probably what happened.
1: Anyway, the point is, this all sounded great on my tweaked earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweaked audio.com. Uh, and, and, but, but wait, hold on. Uh, sorry, I paused. I hope you didn't already buy your tweakedaudio.com earbuds during that pause there. Wait, because if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low cost and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: I do like the idea, by the way, that there is this person who, while we're talking about tweaked audio, like, you know what? I'm doing it. And they go and they pick out their earbuds and they're, and they are just about to hit like purchase Uh and then it's too late. And, and it's like tweaked audio.com. Like, all right, Hey, I'm already there. No problem. Click. And you're like, wait, don't do it yet. And they're like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Well, then, you know what? They still got it at a low price. That's true. Yes. All right. Um, let's get into it. Shall we? Indeed. Sorry. I was taking a drink of water. Um, <laughs> we're not
1: supposed to do that on mic. I know, you know. I don't know. know we're supposed to. I guess just die of <laughs> thirst. But we, yeah, we did have uh, yeah, sometimes I, we do have a tendency like we're not we're not, pen- <laughs> we're not paying attention to the thousands of people who haven't complained about us drinking right. on like, one person said we like gulp and lip smack too loud when we take drinks on mic.
0: And the one person, person. Was, the person wasn't an asshole about it, by the way. No, he actually wasn't. He was very nice. Uh, and when somebody is nice, I'm more likely to actually pay attention to what they're saying Um, and so yeah i've been trying to make sure i cough off mic and not drink water on mic and i just uh i just uh did that by accident sorry everybody um so okay the topic today is strange in a lot of ways but not at all uncommon uh unfortunately unfortunately
1: But we're still worth talking about, I'll say.
0: Oh, no question about it. Uh, And yes, I I recognize that even by addressing it, this could sound very much like self-defense or rather self-defensiveness because we're talking about. The accusations not leveled at at us necessarily, uh, but at critics in general uh, often, which is the idea, the words, the three words that come up a lot uh, are shill, hack and fraud. If you're familiar with the red letter media, Uh uh, they they refer to themselves because people have said this about them. As hack frauds, okay. Um, but they, but shill they shill is one I've been hearing a lot more lately. Yeah. So let's
1: because I did most of my preparation thinking about the shill thing. Right. So why don't you define hack and fraud just so we can okay get that out of the way?
0: Hack is the hardest one to def- to define. Fraud is easy, which is. You're pretending that you know something. You're pretending that you're able to engage in in this regard, in a, in a critical sense. You're able to engage about film. Uh, or rather, you can give the impression that you're able to do this, that, you ha- that you're pretentious, that you have more okay. knowledge than you actually do. Okay. Uh, and when it comes right down to it, you don't really... You haven't seen that many movies. You your your appreciation of film and your knowledge of film is, is skin deep uh, at best and hmm. incidentally uh, i i regularly feel like a fraud because of things i haven't seen or things that i've seen and have no memory of but i know i've seen it yeah. um that's that's one that bothers me
1: it's weird you mentioned the yeah, I am I sometimes feel bad about both things because there are some big blind spots. And there are also things, not that this is part of the canon or anything, but just last week, I think we were talking about Single White Female, mm-hmm. which is a movie that I've seen. I remember like two shots of the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and the Egyptian is showing it Saturday night on 35mm. <laughs> like, maybe I should go. You should. Uh, well, it's a triple feature. Okay. It's Fatal Attraction, which I don't think is a good movie. Is Hand the Rocks the Cradle in there? Then Hand the Rocks the Cradle, which I've never seen it's Curtis Hanson, right? Uh, Curtis Hanson yeah. and then running it out with Barbet Schroeder's Single White Female. Um, sounds like it could be a fun night at the Egyptian, but also it's three movies kicking off with a full 2-hour long movie that I don't like.
0: Yeah. You can come late to it though. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, and, and so I do think that, you know, fraud, I think it I think all of these things probably do exist. I think there're I think there are critics out there that recognize that because of the groups they run with or want to, they will put on a certain veneer that is maybe not 100 percent false, but not as not quite as as much as they would like. I want to make a
1: distinction between someone who is fronting, you know, (laughs) is perpetrating. Um, You leave that shit in the tweaked ad. All right. Um, Against. Something that I hate, which is the, you haven't seen X movies, and therefore you're not qualified. Right. Because my personal philosophy is that the only movie you need to have seen to review a movie is the movie you're reviewing.
0: I, yes, I actually, I agree. Um, I do think that the more movies you have seen, the more you'll be able to bring into the conversation. I, that's absolutely true. But that's not the same. But,
1: but that doesn't keep a person... <laughs> Because a person hasn't seen the Three Colors trilogy doesn't mean they don't have the right to review Atomic Blonde or something. Yes. You get what I me? Mean?
0: And you can talk about Star Wars having not seen Hidden Fortress to even bring up stuff oh, that was a talked? direct influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was intentionally going for something that was...
1: Well, I guess there is some... Anyway.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. you can relate Three, kil- uh, three Colors to almost anything yeah. if you want. Um, <coughs> but... You know i know that for my for myself i used to feel like a fraud because i hadn't seen certain things and then i just feel like i'll get there eventually yeah where i these days when i feel like a fraud it's because of behavior for example uh if i feel like i haven't seen enough movies when it comes time for the movie journal or the most recent movie journal yeah hey i got first reformed in there good Uh everything's looking good and for my second film, it was a rewatch of a huge blockbuster. You know, like, and I don't know if our listeners care about that at all. And I do think that rewatching something is a valuable, Absolutely. exercise. I should do more of it. Actually, it's well, you're busy like watching the thousands of Blu-rays that no, has been sent up. to you. But um, um,
1: yeah, I do sometimes feel uh, like. Sometimes I feel guilty rewatching a movie that I love and I've already seen Mm. because there are, because there are movies that I haven't seen. I've never seen like the, uh, the, the man from Laramie.
0: Like, uh, it's really good. I know,
1: I know it's on my list. I've never seen it, uh, but I've seen, I don't know. I've seen Bill and Ted's excellent adventure a bunch of times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I haven't seen La Dolce Vita, uh, (laughs) but don't worry. I've seen jaws. I don't know. 70 times. um, yeah, I haven't seen the 400 Blows, but
1: it's been months since I watched John Wick, and I'm starting to get a hatred again. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so uh, I haven't seen 400 Blows, but I've seen Blow 400 times.
1: <laughs> I thought that's what that meant. <laughs>
0: it's just a weird experiment. Yeah, um, I saw Blow once. I didn't think it was that good. It's not very good. Uh, I mean, I feel bad speaking about Ted Demme cause he died shortly thereafter, but, yeah. uh, I never found him to be that compelling of a director. Um, not bad, but not great either.
1: I remember Blow having a good trailer with the black, with black Betty. And, yes, it did. And I feel like, I feel like there's a whole group of people of a certain age around our age who think blow is a better movie than it is because they were hyped because it has such a cool trailer. <laughs> it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, Oh was that, oh yeah, okay, so frauds, so I do think that fraud does does exist mm-hmm. uh but I would be very reluctant to level that at somebody because nine times out of ten well, this is not this is not provable this is just a thing i'm saying that um it usually boils down to. I value a movie and it had a huge influence on me. You haven't seen it and you call yourself this thing. Why can't you be, don't you realize how important this is to me? Like I think it boils down to that a lot of the time. Yeah. Or if you have the wrong opinion about something that I love, which tends to get into hack territory.
1: Um, what is the thing that I have not seen that you love that you most wish I would see? And I'll tell you what mine is for you because I think it would make just so much fun conversation. It's not a movie. I wish you would someday watch Buffy the Vampire. Sure.
0: Even I think though it would be so fun. Even though you have even you said that I would probably like Angel more. But you know, I would need having to. Having rewatched it because I rewatch it all the time.
1: Yeah. I still think thematically and story wise, I think Angel would appear appeal to you more. But on this latest rewatch, I realized from a character and performance standpoint, mm-hmm. Buffy is the richer show. So I think there was a time when I was younger and I was like, oh yeah, I like, I enjoy Angel more, Tyler enjoy Angel more, but I think my values have right. changed and I still love Angel and I still think that it's complexity, uh, it has a moral complexity that Buffy um, flirted with in its later seasons but never fully embraced the way that Angel did. Um, but I, re-watching both series somewhat recently, Yeah, uh, I, I might walk that back a little bit. Anyway, I, so what's, what's yours for me?
0: Um, it's probably, it's tough because I feel like you've probably seen most of the movies that I adore. Um, and it's not like you're stubbornly refusing to see chimes at midnight. Right. Um, but I think you would, as a former theater guy, as a Wells fan, um, I think you would really love it. I also really want you to watch, some Harold Lloyd stuff.
1: Oh, there we go. That's a big one. Yeah. So, uh, total Harold Lori, Lloyd, uh,
0: Virgin, I guess. A lot of people are, yeah. I mean, his, his family was really stingy about like releasing stuff, yeah. uh, huh. on VHS and all that. And then finally they did like a DVD set. And now because of criterion and people just naturally, certain people naturally being drawn to criterion and the fact of and something being released on criterion, automatically validating something which i think is silly but i do know it happens yeah um and they've done they've been doing a lot of harold lloyd stuff and so i do like that he's finding an audience um but you're
1: finding that there's something that <laughs> you you liked that you could like recommend to people and then Criterion put it out and it's like oh no all cinephiles know about
0: that. uh yes
1: because uh, I, I, I i for a while i was that with hobson's choice i'd be like yeah. oh you like david lean i wonder if you've seen hobson's no. choice and then People now are
0: like, yeah, it's not Criterion. Everyone yeah, knows. it's it's how I was with *Chimes of Midnight*, honestly, because uh-huh. it was hard to find. I watched like a a really muddy VHS version of it, but still, you know, the quality still shines through. Um, and but I was also happy to get a <laughs> to get a Criterion version because I was like, right. oh, they're going to deal with it really well, uh, and then I get to have it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I do I do think it's it's very stupid of me, but now that. Yeah. And you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. I know that if, I know that Netflix has the other side of the wind, I know they're finishing the other side of the wind and I know they're going to release the, release the other side of the wind, but I still don't trust it. Yeah. Until I have watched the whole thing and the final credits are rolling, I will not believe it exists. You won't
1: get to watch the final credits because it'll be immediately interrupted by (laughs) the trailer for Stranger Things (laughs) Volume 3, or whatever the fuck. It's like, hey, you want to see
0: our latest uh, Adam Sandler thing? (laughs) Um, But Uh, yeah, and so, but because Netflix announced this, I didn't feel cheated, but uh, film fans in general, I feel like... uh, are new ish to the party of other side of the wind. Cause there've been a couple, there's been a book written about it recently. This, this thing with uh, Netflix, but Wells fans is like, no, th- aside from the last 40 minutes of Ambersons, like mm-hmm. other side of the wind is like the thing we've wanted for so long. Um, but what, what it, about, um,
1: yeah, because we've seen everything there is to see from it's all true, right? Yes. Yeah. Cause I've seen that stuff. It's great. Yes. Uh, that would have been, but, but there was, it's not like other side of the wind. It wasn't even close to being done. It's just right. The, the stuff that we've seen.
0: Yeah. And then there, you know, he had done some Don Quixote stuff and I think he, I think the version of the immortal story that's out there is his official version. Okay. Um, but yeah, with him, it's, you never know. There could be like some lost cut of cane that, uh, surfaces in Brazil, uh, at some point. Um, But anyway, sorry, we can move on. Uh, Criterion's goofy
1: drawing newsletter thing today was Magnificent Ambersons oh really yeah because it was two shiny ampersands it was a little pun uh, very much up my alley
0: <laughs> yes very much so all right um, okay um, so, so okay
1: so that's frauds what are hacks then
0: Hacks, okay. According to the, as far as critics go, obviously there's like the concept of the studio hack, but no, as far as critics go, hacks. As far as I can tell, and listeners, I'm sure that you have heard these terms. You might have said these terms, so please do. Said them about us. uh, That's entirely possible. Um, I know some of you are hate listening. (laughs) I don't think so. I think we. I think. uh, Yeah. I don't think we. You know, the that, there's a lot to hate listen to with yeah, us. I, guess. I can't imagine somebody sitting through hours of this. <laughs> I can, I can, I don't know. People are pretty committed to that kind of stuff. I guess I can hate watch a video on YouTube as you well know uh-huh. for 10 to 15 minutes after that. It's like if it's 20 minutes long around minute 12 or 13 I kind of get it. And right. then I will look in the comments and if someone says, Hey, minute 18 is great. It's like, all right, I guess I'll watch the whole thing. Um, um, that reminds me of an old
1: bit. I saw Mark Marin do, which okay. is that his, his shelves are full of books with bookmarks in the spot where he went, I get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Marin is so funny. Yeah. It's, I know it sounds silly to say, but because of his show and then, and then the, and his podcast, uh, and Glow's coming back in less than in a month. I know I'm excited about Can't that wait. as well. And he's marvelous on it. But, uh, I forget how just naturally funny uh-huh. because of his show. Like we tend to think that he's just this neurotic guy who will only ever talk about his own insecurities and his jealousies of the people that he has on the show. Right. But as a comic, I've been a fan of his since the early nineties yeah. and, and I so enjoy, uh, and uh, like all of his stand-up. But anyway, um, Okay, so hacks. I think, like I said, this one's a little bit nebulous, but I think it's ultimately just a, a critic that has an unpopular opinion and maybe isn't able to back it up or is. Okay. Or, or their taste is just so off in some way. I mean, and it could be.
1: Okay. See, I was thinking of it as being someone who's more. I guess maybe pandering in a way like saying I either I think I think my readers will feel this way. So I'm going to write this opinion or I think I want to be thought of alongside these these critics who write this
0: way. So I'm going to write this. OK, opinion. that seems hack- you know what? Me. OK, let's look at it this way. I think I, I think you're right. I think a hack panders to readers, a shill panders to the studio. Uh, as far as as okay. as far as what I've read and what I've heard, as far as, like, certain people's definitions of these things. Uh, because, yes, I do think—and, of course, there's going to be a little bit of overlap here because somebody who plays up a certain opinion so that they can fit in with a certain crowd, you could say there's some fraud there. Um, but I think, yes, I think a hack— uh, Sorry, go ahead.
1: There's also some fraud in— Shilling. Oh, no question. Because you're— uh, I guess one of the things you sent me, the only thing I, cause I, yeah, you sent me some of those long YouTube videos that I can't, can't stand And they're not actually that long. That's the other thing. They're, <laughs> they're like 12 you. or 13 minutes. But yeah. Yeah. That's uh, too much. Um, uh, but one of the things you did send me was, um, an editorial, uh, written by Armand white. Yeah. During the very brief, uh, LA times, Disney kerfuffle. Yeah. Um, not that the, I mean, they'll, the whole thing is a long and short affair, but the, the the very brief time when Disney was like L.A. Times writers are not allowed to review our movies or TV shows mm-hmm. and other people, uh, other outlets um, uh, stood up and said, well, we won't do it either until you let them. Right. And then it was also near the end of the year. So as I said, we're not going to consider Disney movies for our awards unless you yeah. repeal this. It was it was so short lived. We've talked about it in the podcast well. It was sh- so short lived that we didn't get our statement about it out. Yeah, because you and Scott and I, uh, not you and Scott and I. Yeah, uh, you and Scott and I were uh, making sure we were all like, okay with the language. And right. by the time we all got on the same page, Disney had already with yeah. the fan. Uh, it's still in our drafts on WordPress, by the way. Oh really? Um, I was
0: wondering yeah. what that was. Okay. Um, I'll give it a look. Uh, well, you know you what? Did. Let's, let's post it and just confuse people.
1: <laughs> we should know. I should just go and like backdate it. there. You, oh, so it nice. looks like we're, we're part of the,
0: it's some retro virtue uh, signaling there.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Armand white wrote about it and he wrote it in his usual, uh obtuse way that is also like way more about himself than it needed to be for the points that he was making. It's usually about it. Um But it, he, he brought up some interesting things because I think there's, there's, I was going to say there's multiple ways to think, to define a shill, but I think it's, it's less that there are multiple ways than there are multiple levels to what sure. that accusation means. Because when you hear, the accusation among people who are fans of the Zack Snyder DC extended universe. Yeah. When you hear them, uh, you know, uh, lobbying, uh, accusations that critics are being literally paid by Disney to give Marvel good reviews and DC bad reviews. That's, that's that w- if that were true, that would be a shilling, but yeah. that's, uh, it's ridiculous. Um, it's not happening. Right. <laughs> um, it, if it ever happened even once, it would stay a secret for, I don't know, a week. And yeah. like there's no, there's no way that there could be a whole army of reviewers being paid by Disney. Yeah. Uh, but I think what Armand white brings up that is actually like with a lot of the things he writes, there's one or two things buried a under a single the kernel of truth <laughs> that is actually worth, uh, uh, talking about what he brings up is the idea that the very nature of, of the relationship between a studio and its publicity department and film critics is kind of, uh, it is based on shilling because I think it's easier for us as critics to think of ourselves as journalists covering, covering the new movies. Yeah. Um, the way that the white house press corps covers, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, white house press corps isn't, uh, uh, a, a great, uh, uh, example because they're, um, that's very much its own kind of shilling. And there's a lot of stenography as opposed to reporting going on there. Um, But just, you know, political reporters who get access or crime reporters who get access, like they're reporting for the good of the readers. You know, I like to think, I think that we like to think of ourselves as doing that. And I think that is some, some of what we're doing. Yeah. But also the truth is the whole reason they're giving us, the chance to see these movies for free and early is because there's no such thing as bad, bad publicity and just yeah. having reviews out there. I mean, there are exceptions. Obviously there are movies that they, uh, don't, uh, screen for critics, right. Action park out this
0: weekend. Um, oh, really? Oh yeah. I guess that makes sense.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, uh you know, that I guess they think uh, that'll be too much bad publicity, but, um, you know, we, uh, as critics, as much as we don't like to think of ourselves this way, we are a part of the publicity machine. We, yes. We're, we're, a, we're a part of, you know, these, these, these screenings are part of what's, uh, and, and the reviews that come from them are part of what's budgeted into the, 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 the marketing and yeah. publicity of, of a
0: movie. And when I go to, and, and here's, here's something that I have found for myself. I know that if there is a Fox screening that is not on the Fox lot, Free popcorn and soda, like huh. that's a thing. I like when I saw Logan, when I saw Deadpool. Um, uh, Fox did not do it, I believe, but they did it. Uh, they no, they also had they also had free popcorn and soda because yeah, and it was edited
1: Rampage,
0: yeah. Did yeah. they was it at a theater? I, uh, yeah, yeah, it was at ArcLight. ArcLight, okay, yeah. Um, uh, it's very rare for I've never experienced it at ArcLight. At AMC, I experience it all the time.
1: Uh, um, yeah, it's usually. But see, here's the thing. You know, we, you and I have been. This is so no one cares about this. But the free popcorn thing is something that I think about a lot. Yeah. Uh, because I'm wondering to what extent they're, um, and it does seem to be the works that they're like trying to uh, soften us up or whatever. Sure. It does seem to be to me, I hadn't thought about it as being by studio. I was thinking of it as being by location. Cause you're right. They kind of stopped doing it. at The arc light, although rampage was an exception, but there was a time like when, you know, you and I have been going to press screenings here in Los Angeles for the better part of a decade. Now. Mm-hmm. There was a time when it was much more common at, at the arc light. I definitely mm. remember like real steel. I got free, free popcorn. <laughs> Um, but it is much more... Yeah, AMC Century City, it's, it's it almost feels like more often than not. Yeah, I feel like any like, time I've gone to a screening there, Not that's an Annihilation. I didn't have it. But I did for Snatched, and I did for Captain okay. Underpants. Um, And Snatched was like, not only did you get a free popcorn and soda before the movie in the in the auditorium or in the screening room, they were handing out free wine. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Okay. I
0: think they really wanted us to like... Snatched, which I thought was okay. Well, and th- and that's the thing is like the wine is like well now they're actually wanting to distort yeah. our perception. I know it's one glass, but still, um,
1: yeah. But I mean, even though I mean those th- like there are uh, these are a little bit more rare, but sometimes there are pre screening receptions at like special sure, screenings. Sure, sure. Um, we, you and I just got an, an invite today for a movie I hadn't heard of, but the subject line of the movie was like press screening date, name of the movie, and then. <laughs> With snacks included, like in in parentheses, like just like uh, offering that they they will have snacks before the screening. Uh, that might that.
0: Here's the thing: like they did not. When I saw Deadpool two, it was at the Century City, uh, and. They did not announce that they were going to have free popcorn and soda, but it was Fox. It was Century City. I knew they were going to have it. It like it played into my food plans for the day, like you know. And so, and I do think that there is there is a certain element. Yeah, I think you you definitely are right to talk about this. Um, one of the videos that I that first got me uh, a few weeks ago about this because I also uh, wrote an article recently about. Um, that I, I believe I t- titled it external forces uh, about just the various things that people will level at a thing that they don't agree with so that they can delegitimize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when you say that a critic is a shill, what you've ultimately done is said like they're paid for it in some way, shape or form they're paid for it. So ha- so I don't have to listen to them. Their points mean nothing to me because mm-hmm. they don't actually believe it. They are, in, in, in essence, a certain type of fraud. And why would I listen to a fraud? Um, whereas if somebody is... And then I've also heard people say, like, well, critics are paid for this. So they... Not necessarily by studios, but by a publication or whatever. And so they're going to inherently approach this differently than uh, an audience member who's paying their own money. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I think that that might be true. I still think that a person can value their time. Yeah. Uh, but there is something,
1: something that I try to be cautious of, even though less, th- less so than if I were wrote for a more mainstream publication, because mm-hmm. I know who our readership is. There are people that watch a lot of movies. Yeah. But there is something to be said for people who see 300 movies a year for free, as opposed to people who pay to see a half dozen movies Absolutely. a year. Absolutely. Yes. Like, just naturally what they value in a movie is going to end up being different. Yeah. Um, I think it's bummer when someone says that one is more or less valid, I guess it can be more or less valid to you. I'm definitely going to value the professional movie goer more than the casual movie yeah. because that's what I value. Yeah. But if it we're talking about my, you know, fucking 1950 to see a 3d movie at the AMC Burbank, you know, um, then maybe I'm going to value someone whose who's, who's, uh, 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 thesis is going to be this is or is not worth 1950 to see in 3D
0: IMAX. Yeah, and that's for one ticket uh, yeah. as opposed to uh, babysitter and right. concessions and all that other stuff. Yeah. Well, sneak in food. Sneak in, you, know. you don't have to buy concessions. Did I- sneak in some food, but nothing that's going to be noisy. I was about to tell a story about a family member sneaking in food, but I think I won't because okay. you never know who's listening. I'll tell you off mic. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Because um, we were the, you know, we had, like you're talking about, I was one of four kids. Yeah. So it was expensive to go to the movies. We didn't go that often Went a few times uh, a year to the movies when I was a kid. And part of the experience was stopping at Schnucks, the grocery store chain in St. Louis, and going to the Bolt candy aisle and we'd be able mm-hmm. to, Each one of us was able to pick out a certain amount of the candy that we wanted, and it was like so. Like what I guess is technically against the rules, sneaking a movie was part of the family. Like part of the family fun for me.
0: Um, like the Corleones
1: yeah yeah. and I also know that I got way more chocolate covered raisins for my parents paying way less money than if I had gotten a box of Raisinets oh undoubtedly at the uh, and I still love chocolate covered raisins to this day I wonder if that's I was talking with my wife and I know I've talked to you about how like I'm not nostalgic about a lot of things I wonder if my love of chocolate covered raisins does come from those early uh, how could, like I feel Aladdin, like how at night. Yeah, and, yeah
0: but, um, but I do love chocolate covered raisins they're so good So there is, so what, what brought this on to go back a little bit, um, and, and I'll bring in, I'll bring back fraud and shill and all that in a moment. Uh, so the last Jedi is a film that is hated and we've talked about it before, hated by certain star Wars fans. In fact, by a lot of star Wars fans now for different reasons. Uh, there are some who are very, you know, who don't like the, the agenda. Uh, I'll put quotes around agenda by Kathleen Kennedy. And they'll talk about like SJW star Wars where they, where things they they will note Laura Dern's pink hair. Uh, as I I
1: didn't heard that one. What's the problem with that?
0: Oh, just because it's a pink, like it's the pussy hat. No, just because frankly, a, a lot of the feminists that will interrupt speeches tend to have dyed hair. Um huh. it's just kind of an odd turn of events the way that works out. It's and by the way I've watched some of those videos. Yeah. It's weird.
1: Wait, so there's they're saying that that like it's and that she represents this mouthy feminist that I don't like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and meanwhile like it, well, sorry, I'll I'll get to that in a moment. So <clears throat> they bring up that and just they say that the the inclusion uh the the fact that the empire is represented by white guys and everybody in the rebellion is not a white guy there are white people but they're women there are guys but they're black or uh latino or mm-hmm. whatever it is um and i see that i'm like mm, yeah okay it doesn't necessarily bother me but i've noted um And so there's the people that have the political problems with it. And then there are the people that have the, the mythological problems with it. And they say like, this isn't star Wars, which is one of my least favorite things. Like it is now though. See, Yeah. yeah, there it is right there. Um, and, and the reason that one of the reasons that I love it, because I'm a film fan before I'm a star Wars fan, like way before I'm a star Wars fan. And I loved Laura Dern's character because her, her philosophy of war is not glamorous. Mm -hmm. It's, we need to live like we need to live to fight another day. Yeah. You can have these big heroic gestures and there's a place for it. But if it means more people are getting killed on like for, for not a lot of gain, then why on earth are we going to do that? Yeah. It's boring to retreat. Mm -hmm. It's also the best way to, to live Mm -hmm. in certain ways. Um, like, if the thing about a last stand is that it's the last one and then you can't do it again. Right. And I think that's amazing because it's star Wars and this is an element to war that we don't, that the films don't really engage with. And there's a lot of stuff in rogue one that I really liked along those lines. And so, but that's the thing I am excited about the wars part and really exploring that everybody else, they like the star part. And if the wars start to, uh, like undercut the fantastical elements of the star of things happening in the stars, then suddenly this isn't star Wars anymore. This is not the thing that they grew up with uh, and not the thing that they love. Um, so but sorry, I, mean, uh, I didn't mean for this to only be about star Wars, but, that's but this okay, is what, I kicked, this talk is what more, kicked it off.
1: I want to talk more about star Wars okay. because the thing with the last Jedi is that it does intentionally refute and fly in the face of assumptions about how this world has worked yeah, with the, uh, with the Jedi books and with Ray's parentage and like things that it directly is telling fanboys. This isn't what it has been. Yeah. Um, and I, but I, to me, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's great. I think right. that's what you're saying, what you're saying about like, well, now this is star Wars. I love that. But I think the problem, the thing that I realized to a certain extent is always going to be a losing argument with certain people is, because I think there's a healthy contingent of not not healthy, I meant a large contingent of Star Wars fans who are just that. They are Star Wars fans before they are movie fans. Yes. And so the fact that The Last Jedi is one of the most uh exciting and thrilling and visually uh, inventive yeah. movies in the entire Star Wars canon means nothing to them. And that that's to me
0: that's we're coming from two different worlds at that point. Well, because and that's the thing is is fandom in general which i don't have a problem with but when it's something like star wars chances are it's something you grew up with so when you're a when you're a star wars fan and please star wars fans that are listening i'm not shitting on it but for some people what they don't seem to understand is that being a fan of star wars isn't merely being a fan of these movies it's a fan of your of your stage of life when you saw them and how much they shaped you no movie can compete with that yeah no movie can compete with with what you think star wars is because what you think it is is an an, an integral part of who you are and a movie isn't going to be that certainly if it wants to explore things more because to explore things more means to maybe run a little bit counter to what you experienced when you were younger and whereas I think being a movie fan means that you're you love yeah there are the movies that I grew up with and they'll probably still have a special place in my heart but I do think that as a fan of the larger medium anything that is able to be exciting and vital, regardless of what it's trying to say or how it's trying to say it. If it is that thing and it's utilizing the medium, I'm going to be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, most critics, Last Jedi was seen by was mostly liked by critics. Uh, I'd say largely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, as as have the other Star Wars films. Uh, the Disney Disney Star Wars films. Um, And so, but a lot of these videos that I, that I watched uh, talk about, they look at the rotten tomato meter and they look at the disparity between critic and audience. And they say like, yeah, these critics, they're just, The uh, thing they often say is they're shills for Disney. They clearly, they just, they love Disney, and they don't necessarily say that Disney's paying them, but they treat the critics very well, or maybe they're... uh, And somebody did say this that I thought was interesting. They said there is such a thing as being an ideological shill, that the films are trying to do something ideologically that the critic might like, and so they're willing to ignore certain artistic things that that this view, that that this person says, you know... That's just a philosophy. That's not... A shill. Right. Um, well, and that's, it's, it's the idea of I'm willing to so, so many of these videos, the, the way they phrase things is fascinating. They'll say like these critics make excuses for these star Wars films because it fits in with what they want. And it's like, or they just like it. Yeah. What? Like it's only it they're making an excuse if they acknowledge it as bad, but are willing to ignore it Mm -hmm. and say like, it's okay because this, like you're assuming that they agree with you that it's bad, (laughs) but they're willing to move past it. Whereas you are not. No, they think it's good. Yeah. Like it's, and I think that's, it's why I don't like the accusation of shill Fraud hack because it's based so much in the assumption mm-hmm. of the r- inherent unassailable rightness yeah. of the person making that claim.
1: Yeah, and there's one, th- and yeah, there's a difference between that being like all of our Twitter personas <laughs> <Sure>. and <laughs> actually <laughs> feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, because that is how you communicate on Twitter. How one communicates on Twitter is to say that you're wrong, your opinion is bad and you should feel bad <laughs> that <laughs> right that yes. sort of thing um but yeah to carry that in a, in, into a real space uh is uh troubling kind of halts uh discussion but i do want to address that differentiation between critic score and audience score
0: yeah and i think we um, did an episode about that like sometime in the last year but oh, kind of uh, i can't remember what we talked about three weeks ago yeah
1: um <laughs> uh, but uh, and I'm going to repeat myself probably from that episode and from something I said earlier, this episode is that people who watch hundreds of movies here. Yeah. end up with different points of view. And so, um, to me, if something has a higher audience score than a critic score, and, and to be clear, I don't actually use rotten tomatoes to make a decision about whether or not I'm going to see a movie. Right. I never have, uh, done that. But, um, if something has a higher audience score than critic score, there's a good chance that it's not going to be something that I like very much. Um, yeah, there's probably exceptions out there, but, uh, I don't know. Uh,
0: so in the comments section for these videos that mm-hmm. I've watched, um, it is not at all uncommon for people to talk about the audience score of, uh, uh in Rotten tomatoes or Metacritic. Um, And it's not uncommon for them. I've seen a few people say it in this way: that like the audience rating is truth. They literally, literally put it that way, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm I'm sorry to put it that way. Like, first off, I'm I am somebody. Then in I believe that there are a number of incontrovertible truths. This is not. How, this has nothing to do with truth what are you even what are, like because because they're not because they're paying because that's somehow more pure because there's more of them like is that why yeah. they think that but don't you i mean as someone who's economically further
1: to to the right than i am doesn't that kind of isn't that kind of a capitalist idea to say like this was a, su- a success This is successful and therefore
0: it is supposed to be. Uh, I have I have thought that uh, not that I believe that, but that has occurred to me, that idea of it's it's like, well, the market has spoken. It's like, oh, okay. Uh well, it's not. And I won't even say it's a mistake, but the market has made McDonald's very successful. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's good for you. Good for you. Yeah. You know, it does taste good. It McDonald's does taste very good. Very,
1: very um, good. <laughs> I haven't had their new uh, never frozen quarter pounders. I wonder if you can tell the
0: difference. I've not had their uh, buttermilk uh, chicken strips. I've heard they're marvelous. Hmm. On the like two occasions in the last year or so that I've had the opportunity to get them, they've been sold out. Huh. See, if I'm at McDonald's and I want chicken. I'm getting chicken McNuggets. That's all I want. But I'm curious. I'm curious. As you know, I, I consider myself a chicken fingers aficionado. Okay. Um, and so uh, with, by the way, uh, Arsenal on Pico being maybe the best chicken strips I've had in Los Angeles.
1: I think I like chicken strips less and less as I get older. And I like chicken wings more than I used to.
0: I st- um, I've had, I still do not enjoy chicken wings. I uh, wish I did.
1: I think I just come to appreciate that when the bones in that generally the chicken is juicier. Sure. It, I guess it, that's it maintains true. maintains more. So I like bone in stuff. Um, you like bone? Uh, yeah. But if I'm basically for fast food chicken, well, obviously Popeye's is number one with a bullet for me. It's quite good. But as far as a chicken sandwich, it's the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what i'm going for
0: and putting aside any kind of ideological stuff i have recently come around on chick-fil-a i didn't used to like it uh but then uh there's one at school and uh there are a couple of of occasions where a group of people were going and i went along with them and it's like this isn't bad
1: you know i um generally don't eat a chick-fil-a um you know, because of the political thing, even though I, 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 I guess I, uh, I've heard conflicting things about where they are on that present right. day. Yeah. Um, but I did have one, my one and only Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich in 20 years, uh, maybe about a year
0: ago. Um, and it is good, but, uh, yeah, I would still go to Wendy's. I mean, I go to Wendy's for almost anything. Uh, it's my preferred fast food chain. Look, the point is like, <laughs> clearly we're not opposed to certain populist attitudes. Uh, sure. like there's a reason, there's a reason that these things are popular. There's a reason that like that, uh, that mo that certain movies make a lot of money. I just, in the movie journal, I just talked about how much I adore infinity war. Now it doesn't mean I'm a shill for Marvel cause there have been Marvel movies. I don't like, and it doesn't mean I'm a shill for Disney. I love this thing that most everybody loves. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm not immune to it. I just don't think that that's the inherent
1: truth of Before it. Before we get too far away from the food thing, it is a comparison that I try to remind myself of sometimes. Because when I, but sometimes when I'm frustrated about, like, you know, damn it, why aren't audiences taking the time and energy to seek out the these, these you know, under the radar foreign language, whatever they mm-hmm. are, these things that are so good, uh, why are they not taking the time to seek out? And I realize, what if someone asked me, like, Well, why aren't you going to uh, the sushi restaurant that uh, is, you know, you have to make a reservation three months in advance and that costs? It's like, well, because I can get a burrito two blocks from my house that is going to make me feel more satisfied than anything at the expensive place. I like, so I try to like remember that my
0: opinions on food sometimes are like a more populist opinion on movies. And I do think that there is an element, this is something that I thought of uh, when I saw first reformed because the movies I've been seeing in theaters lately have been big blockbusters like black Panther, infinity war, solo Deadpool. And I, and while I did go into a couple of those like a little iffy I did enjoy them and so when I rewatched infinity war I went in knowing full well like I am going to love this Mm -hmm. and there are times when uh I find myself and I'm reluctant to say this because I will feel like a fraud there are times when I'm I, I I prefer like if it's between uh an artsy movie or a more mainstream film. I'll pick the mainstream film because I know that at any given moment, I'm probably more prepared for it. Hmm. Whereas in the same way that like, let's go back to the food thing. This is, this is working actually pretty well. There are, I mean, I would rather go to like you, uh, we, uh, you and your wife and uh, my wife and I, we all went to, uh, my wife and me, pardon me, uh, we went to Granville in Burbank. Oh, that was forever ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. And We've it's been great.
1: to Eclectic Cafe in North Hollywood
0: more recently. Were we? Yeah. Oh eclectic's not as good as it used to be by the way uh but there is a
1: granville yeah, they were and never din- good for brunch because i remember you guys you and jenny suggested the place we were going to go there and mm. natalie and i had only been there for brunch and we were like really that place because it, yeah. it sucks but uh yeah dinner, i
0: thought th- the dinner was good dinner was very solid yeah. um but uh but yeah like if i had my druthers i will go to granville anytime. I will pick that over Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. I don't always have time for Granville. Sure. I, don't have, I don't always have the money for Granville, which is to say I'm not always prepared for Granville. In the same way, I, good, think there, yeah. I think there's something to be said for emotional preparedness. And so, but here's the difference. So I went into First Reform knowing, yeah, I'm probably going to like it, but it is going to be a drain. And am I actually ready for this? Hmm i'm ready for i I can be ready for these other movies anytime that's kind of what they're banking on uh there's a certain universality to them emotionally uh but then i then i saw first reformed and not unlike when i saw thoroughbreds earlier like movies that are for lack of a better term real um you know what i mean (laughs) when i say you know what i mean when i say that like they're they're i don't actually mean that but Movies that are uh, probably more personal to the filmmaker and more, more niche and more artsy-fartsy, right. pretentious film school types.
1: Um, right. to, to be a uh, uh, budding high school cinephile about it, films as opposed to movies. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: I, hate. I know that you're saying that uh, yeah. with disdain, and yet somehow it still bothers me. I
1: try to um, go out of my way to use the word movie more often than film when I'm writing a review. Just to be, uh, just to just to not be that guy.
0: That's true. I think I do say film instinctively, but I uh, and maybe it bothers people. It doesn't. It's been part of my lexicon for so long. Um, But then I saw First Reformed, and as I came out of the movie, I literally had this thought. Probably because I've been seeing so many blockbusters lately, was like, this is why I love movies. I like Mm -hmm. the other things too, but this is so much more rewarding just as a meal at Granville will be more rewarding than uh, a junior hamburger with ketchup and mustard only at at Wendy's.
1: Okay. Now we're we're, at this point we're well off the topic Yeah, shills and stuff but there are populist entertainments that end up being as good. Oh sure. As your more art house fare. Uh, I would in terms of uh, to keep with the fast food I would call these the McDonald's French fries of the world. It's like, yes, they're easy to eat, easy to get a hold of. Everyone loves them. They're also better than probably any French fries I've ever had at some high-end steakhouse. I don't care how Anthony Bourdain makes his fries and how he stacks them in a little crisscross pattern on top of the the steak or whatever. Even Julia,
0: even Julia Child said that McDonald's French fries are like the best (laughs) thing ever.
1: Um, And so, yeah, so, I mean, obviously for these things to different people, your mileage may of vary course. you know some people it might be uh a star wars movie um for me it's the things that come to mind uh i guess the john wick movies um but and also i know i'm in the minority on this but the uh the two gorverbinsky pirates of the caribbean sequels sure um uh, what is it uh at world's end um at World's End, not the third one what is the second one called dead man's chest uh oh Okay, yeah, Dead Man's Chest and World's End; those yeah. those two movies together, which I just tend to think of as kind of one big movie, because that's how they were mm-hmm. <laughs> made and presented. Um, I think are as rewarding to me
0: as most of the the uh, art house fare. And I would and and I would not so much counter, but what I'll say is that usually when that happens, it's because they they're bringing art house sensibilities to a mainstream film, but like but Gore that, I mean, Verbinski. Certainly,
1: yeah. But I mean, that's what's so exciting is I think that. Every sensibility that starts in the art house, not everyone, but they all like m- most of them, eventually make their way to the oh, mainstream. Sure,
0: absolutely, can
1: you imagine going back to like the a dirty hairy audience, right, mm-hmm. and showing them the, them the born supremacy? It would feel like experimental film to them. Yes, you know? absolutely, because this stuff starts. Uh, They're like, uh, could they
0: not afford a tripod <laughs> yeah. what's
1: going on uh, yeah so uh, I I, I think that's exactly I mean you're saying that as an excuse but I think that's exactly what I value is that mm-hmm. this is that, that that stuff that starts by people who are being more daring uh, works its works its way in um, but I don't even like the way I said that right now because I think Gore Verbinski was being daring yeah um, with some of the stuff he did but let's okay so
0: let's I'll use this and bring it back Ryan Johnson, I think, brought certain indie sensibilities and certain personal sensibilities to the last jedi, and sure enough, the people that just wanted it to be the thing it always was in their minds um just rejected it outright, whereas you and I, because we are we we're, we're the three hundred movies a year people uh-huh. like it was refreshing you know another thing that i've seen online is one thing that, cri- that a lot of critics including myself uh said about last jedi is that it subverts expectations and the people that don't like last jedi heard that enough from critics that do that mm-hmm. they started to make fun of that as though that were inherently a good thing and it's like it, you're right. It's not inherently good that a movie subverts expectations, but when you're seeing 300 movies a year, any movie that it subverts your expectations <laughs> is refreshing.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's also not an inherently bad thing to subvert. I th- exactly. I think it's probably more good than bad.
0: I think so too.
1: But, um, but again, that is coming from someone who doesn't have to pay for a lot of the movies that he sees right. and sees a ton. Whereas people who only see movies a few times a year, no. they want to know what they're getting <laughs> Right. for their way too much money
0: yeah if 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 wendy's were to th- were to i love that we're sticking with I, it's well and i'm i so just want wendy's now <laughs> um but you know what i could also go for granville but i don't have time i want mcdonald's fries is what i want all right so look we'll hop in the car yeah uh we'll stop by mcdonald's go over to wendy's um
1: yeah no i'll, I'll do what i eat, what i do occasionally. McDonald's, which is get chicken McNuggets and fries, chow them down, and then spend the next, oh, 36 hours chugging water because that's way too much sodium <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at one time. And I feel like I can't sate my thirst after I eat that much sodium.
0: Um so, <clears throat> and yeah, I think that we have on one hand, I feel like we've we've strayed from like the shill hack fraud thing. I want to get But, back honest, to it, I have but honestly, to this is the conversation that will come out of it, which is why is somebody not a show? Why is somebody not a hack? Yeah. And also, is it is it stupid to even think in those terms? I would say mostly uh, not stupid, but I think wrong-headed to even think in those terms because to do so is a way to simplify and invalidate an opinion you don't like. Um, that said. There are some like professional, I don't know what you'd call them. I don't know if they'd call themselves critics, commentators, whatever that had, that do very well on YouTube and their level of enthusiasm for certain pop culture things, whether it be Star Wars or Marvel or DC, whatever it is, like their level of enthusiasm is like, I can't believe you are this (laughs) excited. But maybe that's just you and me, because we're maybe jaded, if we're jaded, jaded assholes, yeah. yeah. Um you know, and uh I'm speaking specifically about Collider. Now our friend Perry works with Collider and she and having talked to her, like on the show. And then I saw her at the screening for truth or dare. Um, right. Which I would have liked more if they'd given me free popcorn. Oh no, they <laughs> did. No, they did. They actually did. I like still it. didn't care for it. Uh, and so I talked to her outside that and then she was there for Harry Potter. Like Perry knows what she's talking about and she's great. And then, but so I don't mean to lump her in with this, but like I've seen on Collider, like as they're talking about like, Like they're anticipating like the next thing and their level of enthusiasm. They might actually be that excited about it. But at the same time, part of me is just like, yeah, but you you haven't seen it yet. Like this level of enthusiasm for something that hasn't proven itself yet feels wrong to me. But I think that's
1: how a lot of fans operate. They operate more on the anticipation of the next thing.
0: You I guess I mean? that's I guess that's true,
1: um, which I guess I kind of get the fun in that. But I always end up getting not always, but I'm occasionally let down.
0: Yeah, I, I these Maybe days more often than I'm let down.
1: But occasionally I do let myself look forward to things uh, and it pays off. Like I was super excited about Cloud Atlas because I had read the novel. Right. And it paid off. Cloud Atlas. no matter what anybody else says is brilliant. It uh, didn't with John Wick, too. I was looking forward to that. It's not as good as the first one, even though a lot of people disagree with me. But i
0: like still like the first one better. I mean an argument could be made that I was looking forward to Infinity War since I was 9. <laughs> but you know what and I was I was certainly I was certainly anticipating it and we were and excited to see it but as the days led up to it I remember being like this could be bad this yeah. could be overstuff like I I at least allowed in myself yeah, and I recognize this sounds very, you know, self-righteous uh, and all that, but I allowed the possibility that it might not be that good. My anticipation okay. was not itself uh, an endorsement uh, of, I don't know. It's it didn't color my view of the film.
1: All right, we've been going on. Okay, a long but you time. wanted to get back to it. There was one thing that I wanted to bring up, and I'm not going to name names here because I feel like I already know what criticism could be leveled back at me, but. And also, I'm not going to name names because this is something that a lot of people that I'm friends with on uh, online and in real life, who are critics, do. But I'm always a little bit skeeved out when someone, a critic that I follow on Twitter, like tweets a screen grab of themselves being quoted in an ad or on a poster or <laughs> on a movie box. Yeah, that always seems like like I understand that that's that happens here, but like yeah. we're not so. Su- I feel like
0: we're not supposed to be wanting that now. If it's uh, here's the thing, it's never happened with me. If it happened and it's the first one, I'll be like, Oh neat. Yeah. They know who I am. But if it happened again and again, I'd still probably be excited about it because it means that I've reached a certain level. Excited.
1: But would you no? would you publicize it? No. No. Yeah. I have been, as far as I know on one Blu-ray box and one trailer and they're both movies that most people <laughs> have, have never about. ever heard yeah. of they're both movies that I think are really 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 good yeah. and I'm, I'm happy to be uh, uh I'm happy that, that that I got got to be part of selling those movies to a wider audience because I I mm. believe in them but it but even in the case of those two very very small movies um I've never like, tweeted a screen grab or anything like that. Yeah. Because it feels it feels gross to me.
0: It but, took me a long time to be okay with tweeting my diploma. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I decided to let myself be okay with it.
1: Well, congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. I think I already said that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, okay. I, I just wanted to, because I, I think that does, to get all the way back to the Armand White thing, not that I want to say that I agree with Armand White, right. but it does seem to be, it does seem to kind of prove his point when people are, I think a little too, and I feel so guilty saying this because people that I really respect yeah. do this um, and have done this recently. And I always, it, it just feels, it, it feels like it's something we're not supposed to be uh, promoting. Like, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, I feel like
1: the, I don't know. The promotion that we give a film by writing a review is largely incidental. But then again, we do want, if we like the movie, we do want people to go see it.
0: Right. And and it's one of those things like if they use our quote to help sell it and they're selling a movie that I think should right. be sold, right. then I think I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah. Not like, who was the, uh, was it Scott Tobias who got quoted on a Blu-ray box that was like,
0: it was it was that abandoned uh, David O. Russell movie, yeah,
1: Accidental Love. Yeah, what yeah, it was called. Yeah, and they took a quote out of context. It was Come not on. a positive review at they all. They took a quote totally out of context and made it sound like a yeah. a rave. Um,
0: I, you yeah. know what? I if that happened with me, I would take a photo of it because yeah. I'd be yeah, be, that, uh, yeah
1: that, that'd be that'd hilarious. Be. And I mean, something like uh, yeah, the other reason not to share them is they often make your review sound cornier than it is. <laughs> like they took the one, the one that I'm in a trailer <laughs> for. They took three adjectives I used at different parts and made it look like I just went bold, daring, powerful. What was the movie? Uh, I'm not, I'll tell you off mic. <laughs>
0: I'm not gonna I am asking.
1: Here. Yeah, and I'll tell you off mic. All right. I'm not going to promote it here.
0: Because um, uh, I knew about the box. I don't think I knew you made a trailer.
1: Uh, no, it's fairly recent. Okay. Um, uh, and it also doesn't say my name, it just says Battleship Retention, but it is me. All right. Battleship Retention has made trailers before, at least once. Uh, yes. Matt Warren's review of a horror movie right. um, that I'm not going to say the name of because I've forgotten it. As have I. <laughs> uh, the Blackout Tapes. Is that what it was called? The Blackout Tapes? I knew it was Blackout something. Yeah, I think it's the Blackout Tapes. Okay. Uh, or Blackout. I may not think of the Poughkeepsie Tapes, which is one of those forgotten movies that I love to reference. I've told you before, I think I met on the Harry Potter commentary cause we got way off mic uh, off, off track. Um, not off mic. We were on my mm-hmm. time. I do. I keep a Rolodex of movies that people have forgotten about in my mind just so I can drop obscure references like sure. the Kipsy tapes. Um, or what was the one that I, uh, oh, I can't remember what I, uh, uh, what it was that I referenced on the, on the podcast or on the commentary. I don't either. But, um, anyway, you, yeah. Uh, Anyway, I just I wanted to get that out there, but I also I wanted to put it out there very gingerly because I don't want anyone that I respect to think that I'm talking
0: shit about them. It just feels weird to me. Well, let me put this out there. I am somebody that I uh, I try to, you know, take a stand for what I believe and and that sort of thing. But I am also very aware of how i come across and i don't want to come across a certain way which means i do want to come across a different way um and so what i'll say is i this is like two years ago i was feeling frustrated that that i was not that nobody would ever use one of my quotes for for yeah. a movie I and, think that's true well, that's the thing. It's like, I, and then I was was looking at my reviews. And I'm like, I don't write like that. And then I, and, and I, and when I thought that, I was like, I, I was thinking of that mournfully. No, that's like, good. Yeah. right? I like, th- I should be happier to just be writing the way that works for me. You yourself, like. You used those words, not the way they (laughs) wanted you to, obviously. Yeah, And so like, it makes it sound, they made you sound corny when you're not. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Sure. I think
1: we don't get quoted in these things very often because of, because Battleship Attention just doesn't have, A, doesn't have name recognition uh, widely enough. We have a very niche audience and B, it doesn't. To people who don't know what it is, it doesn't sound like it's official. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some places just have names yeah. that you're, that someone could read a quote and be like, okay, I've never heard of that, but clearly yeah. that's a publication that writes about yeah. movies. Deadline. <laughs> right. Or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. But no one, like, who's not aware yeah. of us is is going to think, well, clearly they know what to talk about. They're called battleship protection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awkward thing to put on a...
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. Is So, like, even I... F- I say even... I definitely fall prey to what I perceive to be a certain type of legitimacy. Um, And so if I were to change the way I write so that I can be, you know, you hear, you hear the term quote horror, which is an actual concept. Uh, Like I've read reviews by people that are called like hardcore, like quote horrors. And the reviews, I have a physical reaction to them. Like this, why would anybody write like this? Uh-huh. But I, for a, a brief moment, <laughs> I wish I wrote more like that, Just so, so so that I could get more visibility. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so, and if I were to do that, if I were to change the way I wrote, so that there's the possibility i'd say that's a little hacky and probably uh kind of a fraud
1: okay well i think you didn't name peter travers by name then uh (laughs) uh,
0: it was actually it was uh it was earl Dittman, a guy who wrote for like wireless magazine a magazine that may or may not exist but uh but yeah, yeah it's uh and travers is up there too and sean edwards um okay like names that y- you will often, even now you'll often see their, their quotes on, on films. But yeah. And so I think what, I think it does just ultimately bother me. And I guess it's just something that has been on my mind again. Like when I wrote that article about, uh, people blaming external forces mm-hmm. for like, surely this is why this person believes this. like it, it the thing that struck me most Maybe not most, but um, in Christian films, when a character is depicted as atheist, this is changing a little bit. But early on, certainly in like God's Not Dead, like Kevin Sorbo's character, he's atheist because something bad happened to him, and he rejected God as a result. Mm. It, and so, <clears throat> and in doing so, yes, it humanizes the character certainly, but it also it kind of assures the audience that like, well. He did believe, and then a terrible thing happened. That's kind of understandable, right? Mm -hmm. At no point is it, no, I just, I I was raised Christian, and then I rejected it because it didn't convince me. Right. It's like, well, now we have to, it's like, now I have to realize that somebody could, there's a possibility somebody is not convinced by this. So, like, I was raised with the belief that everyone
1: who was a Skywalker is the most important person in this universe. Yes. And now I reject that. And the last Jedi is my new Bible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we can make that, we can make that work. Um, okay. by the way, uh, a term that I've heard a lot and I think I have, I think I know what it means. I don't remember where it started. Mary Sue. Oh yeah, well, you and I talked about this. We have talked about it, but because I don't were, remember.
1: We looked it up together because we had also we had both okay. heard it and we looked it up together. Do yeah, you remember s- looking
0: it up? Uh, I don't remember that.
1: Okay, it came from a piece of fan fiction where the point was that someone was the character name. A character named Mary Sue showed up in Star Trek. I think it was Star Trek fan fiction, okay, and was immediately the best at everything. Okay, and the the fan fiction that we're talking about was intentionally satirical, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now. I guess anytime a character, a new character is just like uh w- way too easily good at everything, yeah, that person is a mary sue
0: yeah i've I've definitely seen a lot of people describe Ray as a Mary Sue because she didn't really have any jedi training uh and it's like I guess I can see what you're talking about, but I think one of the things that I like about last jedi and and what they're doing now is that it suggests that the force is something that a person can tap into and maybe somebody is more able to do it than other people mm-hmm. but yeah. you can still tap into it with more work and that you can also you know you can do it but if you're not careful and you don't have any like shaping to your 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 tapping into it you could turn out like Kylo Ren, one of the things that I love about that character that you and I have both talked about is his instability, mm-hmm. um, because he started getting training and then just kind of rejected it and just did his own thing, which meant he's very raw, he's very emotional, and like he's he's the other side of Ray. Like both of them, I think, are just naturally inclined towards this thing, um, right? But uh, in different in different ways, and so. I'm okay with her being kind of a Mary Sue. uh, And I just, and I guess I just don't even like the term.
1: Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I mean, unless it really leaps out to me, I don't think it's, it's fair uh, to most characters. Um, We should wrap up. Okay. But I do have a question for you. Not having, I haven't seen solo, but I, as usual, I have not, I haven't seeked out spoilers, but Mm -hmm. I have found some spoilers. So at any point in the Disney before before Solo, in The Force Awakens or in Last Jedi, is Kylo Ren specifically referred to as Ben Solo uh, in
0: the movies? Not to my knowledge. They just say Ben, but I right. don't think they... Okay,
1: so I think I've heard him maybe by fans referred to as Ben Solo, but I think what we learn in Han Solo, or in Solo, is that his name wouldn't be Ben Solo,
0: right? Ru- I mean, I guess not. Like
1: Because, I guess, spoilers? yeah for solo skip ahead if you don't want spoilers for solo solo is not han solo's real name that's what we learn in the movie
0: right right his name is he's only ever gone by han he doesn't have a last name and so okay. uh, some random empire a f- a bureaucrat like needs to give him a last name and he and the character just says like i'm just i'm alone and he goes Solo, like, <laughs> and I kind of love that. I love uh-huh. that. And that's the thing is, I like that because it takes this amazing thing. Yeah. Like Han Solo, like, that's a cool name. And it, but its roots were just some throwaway thing that a guy didn't care about. But in doing yeah. so, just gave this character an entire identity. I think that's neat. Some people thought it was incredibly stupid.
1: Um Seems fine to me. The thing I'm still... Literally, like, I want to go see Solo, but I'm literally, like, nervous about how stupid I'm afraid the Kessel Run thing is going to be. Um, it's, it's fine. Because, and then someone and I, and I kind of realized why, because someone, I don't, I don't know if this is real or not, but I saw online a picture from the page of the original Star Wars script mm-hmm. in which when he makes the, I did the Kessel Run under 12 Part 6 okay. thing, the stage direction referring to Obi-Wan's reaction is about him being able to immediately tell that it's a lie. Hmm. So it was never supposed to be true, I guess, is what this person who posted this thing right. is, is arguing. And that would make—I would like that better if it turned out it wasn't
0: true. There is uh, a slight—I mean, it's it's true. Right. But there's a slight little nod to, like, well— I mean, not exactly. Yeah, uh, which is kind of neat. Um, okay, and yeah, so uh, well, this is very a very place me- to wrap up. Very meandering conversation, nice listeners. To you're welcome. All on topic. You're welcome to chime in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now um, let's go get some Wendy's.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com. That's where well you can find all sorts of movie movie reviews, including uh, Tyler's review of Solo um, and my review of the Last Jedi and rogue one and Tyler's review of force awakens. I'm trying, of all the Disney
0: ones. That's who reviewed what, what, right? I think I did last Jedi. Did I, I might've also oh, you done did. rogue one.
1: You did. No, I did rogue one. I know okay. that because I know I saw that one before. I, I know I would do a press screening okay. of that. Um, but you're right. You did force awakens solo and you did last Jedi. That's right. I, I did. Ha-
0: I do have a rogue one review, but I think it's for more than one less. Okay.
1: um, So, yeah, those are the Star Wars reviews Uh, you can read uh, at Battleship Pretension. You can uh, email us at David at Battleship Pretension or Tyler at Battleship Pretension. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Davey Pretension. And real quick, oh, yeah, so solo review. Um, What else? Oh, a musical notation. Yes. Uh, West did an episode on uh, James Horner scores for James Cameron movies. Uh, we've got reviews this week of Upgrade, Breath, and American Animals. That's all at BattleshipPretension.com. And
0: don't forget uh, to check out our Harry Potter commentaries.
1: Yes, please do. Those are a lot of fun. We talked about them uh, somewhere in that meaning meandering conversation. Uh, Tyler's at, on Twitter at TylerPretension. You also know the podcast and website called More Than One Lesson.
0: Yeah, the website, there is stuff going on there. There are new reviews and that sort of thing. But uh, my podcast is, it's not even so much on hiatus as I just haven't gotten around to. It's tough when and you have a rotating uh, roster of co-hosts as opposed to just you and me. Like right. we know where we're going to be every Thursday night. Yeah, um, so I think that uh, that makes a difference. But certainly stuff like First Reformed and then a couple other movies are they're just like right there in my head, and I just haven't gotten to do them yet. So, uh, but they're they're there. So there's going to be sometime probably in the next month. There's going to be an episode about. Annihilation, one about uh Infinity War, one about First Reformed. So it's it's coming up, stay tuned.
1: All right. Uh that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.